folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch the baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Hey everybody, Matthew Collar here. In case you haven't heard, Blue Wire Studios just dropped their first original podcast, Golden Gold. The show gives you 10-minute episodes about soccer legends and the moments that made them. And whether you're just learning about soccer for the first time or you're a diehard fan, this is a great podcast for everyone. The final two episodes are live right now, or you can binge the entire season to learn about your favorite soccer stars. Check out Blue Wire's Golden Goal, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hello, welcome to a special episode of Purple Insider in which I catch up with three Minnesota Vikings beat reporters and get their reactions to Mike Zimmer's three-year contract extension that will take him through 2023. And uh, to kick us off, leading off is Courtney, our draft scout. Courtney Cronin, what's going on, Courtney? You know, just uh, getting one day closer to training camp. We got extensions coming. Maybe there's one for a running back that might break soon. Who knows? I mean, are you finding are... some UDFA tape to find out who they're going to cut down to 80? Yeah, got to get the seven out. I kind of feel. I mean, how much does that suck that you don't even get a chance to come yeah. to camp? And there, and it's weird because it's like the NFL hasn't announced. Like, do those guys just go into like, just go on waivers? I guess like. It kind of stinks because at least if per the CBA, teams thought they'd be entering with 90. So it's like you have 10 extra spots. Can those guys just be on some reserve list? I don't know. But, yeah, no, I've, I've yeah. not been grinding the UDFA tape. It's, a little, <laughs> it's still a little too early for me to be doing that. And since we probably won't be out on the field until the middle of August anyways, I think I got some time. I'll watch all the Neville Clark tape, though, and I'll get back to you. I do think he's got a shot to make me the too. 53. But let's get your reaction to Mike Zimmer's contract extension. Uh, we talked about it just the other day and why it had uh, not happened and why it took this long to get to right before training camp. Now we know that Zimmer is going to be the coach going forward. Reaction. Well, um, it alleviates a massive black cloud over the team going into camp, a distraction, um, because he'd be asked about it and he'd probably get snippy about it. And it's just something that did not need to be looming over this team when there's already so much uncertainty. So the fact that it came in, you know, the news breaks the day before rookies are set to report makes a ton of sense. Um, And I anticipate, as I'm sure everyone does, Rick Spielman's I mean there will probably not be a public announcement from what I'm told with that one unlike with Zimmer but um he will be extended too um I'm the the timing is a little weird because you think Rick killed it in the draft 
Like I thought he would have gotten the extension first, just to be honest with you. I thought that one would have come within the weeks of the draft or maybe even in June. Um, but Zimmer, you know, there was a lot of back and forth about this and the length of the deal to me, from what I understand was kind of what the holdup was. He didn't want to take a short term thing because he doesn't feel like he, he feels like he's better than that. And rightfully so. I mean, you have, um, you know, third highest win percentage of any coach in this franchise. You've, you know, won almost 60 games in your career as a head coach. Like you feel like you should be able to call the shots. And I get that. Um, so I think that that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, but they no longer have to worry about like, it's not getting done because it's done and or at least it's being it's in the process of being finalized from everything I've been told it's not signed sealed delivered yet because it hasn't been announced yet but it's being finalized we should hear something about this shortly what I think it does is it guarantees that his 2020 expectations are sort of tempered in a way yep. that, that you're not demanding that in 2020, a pandemic season with a lessened U.S. Bank Stadium advantage. I don't think there's any question about that. And then along with having to teach a lot of new players with a very bizarre offseason, it would have been harsh to say, hey, if you don't win this year under these circumstances, then you're out of here, Mike Zimmer, or you're going to be evaluated and judged on these circumstances. That would have been very difficult. And now it allows him to not like pass on this season, of course, but treat this season as if you're trying to win. But the major goal is to set yourself up for the future by developing players and having them ready to go for 2021 where you're going to have those high expectations. Again, I, I think it's fair to look at this season and say, yes, you should make the playoffs. Yes, you should be in the mix. And if you go any farther, then that's great. But just with the way that the defense was almost entirely torn apart, you're going to have all new corners. It's pretty tough to say, hey, Zimmer, if your defense ranks 12th instead of 5th in points against, you're fired. I, I think this uh, kind of takes the pressure off. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, we, we've been saying that, though, just even before Rick and Zim became, you know, the, the topic of the week with contract extensions, that from a team perspective, if you win in 2020, it's gravy. It's not expected, to be quite honest, because you knew that there were, there were win-now moves, all-in type moves with Kirk Cousins' contract extension, etc., but you also knew that you were going through this major roster revamp that was inevitable that had to happen. Um, so if you win this year, it's kind of like a bonus. Like it wasn't necessarily expected. I mean, you should, you have a good enough roster to make the playoffs, but you don't have to win the whole thing this year. What he has is a luxury of time now. So blowing up your secondary with corners that just weren't working for you anymore, outside of Mackenzie Alexander, I thought that he, you know, if he would have stayed around with Zimmer, he probably would have been, still a very good player but the other two like you had the you were now afforded the decision to go ahead and blow these blow the whole thing up knowing that you're going to be here more than just a one-year extension something like that I mean he has job security which that's allows you then to be able to tinker to tweak to to work through new ideas to experience the regression and take it in stride and not worry about okay this is make or break for my job Another key part of this in my mind, Courtney, is that Gary Kubiak stays around and they have found an offense that works perfectly for Kirk Cousins. He puts up a career quarterback rating last year. He was very efficient. And if you look at all the pro football focused numbers, they were the best of his career. You could still have criticisms of Kirk Cousins and also say, hey, this really works for them on offense. And that's not even to mention the fact that they were one of the better running offenses in the league last year as well. 
and that Zimmer actually gets along with Gary Kubiak, and those guys are on the same page, which hasn't always been the case uh, in the past with offensive coordinators. I think that that's a big part of it because it seems like as long as Zimmer is here, Kubiak will be his offensive coordinator. It's stability in that sense, too. Um, But let's just, like, you know, I got to go back to January and all the rumors that were not just, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, and that, you know, there were people within the organization who would have been okay had they lost that Saints game um, and been able to move forward either with Stefanski or with Kubiak, whatever. Like, they've also got themselves in a good situation here. Like, obviously, they believe in Zimmer. They believe in the leadership. They believe in the vision whether you agree with it or you don't. That is what this move says from ownership. But they also know that they have somebody who ha- who can create and manage an offense the way that they think they can win games, that maybe if the Zimmer thing weren't to work out, they could turn it over to Gary Kubiak. I think it's honestly, you know, it's not just that Mike Zimmer and Gary Kubiak are perfect complements for each other. I think that keeping Kubiak in this system and, and around, too, is beneficial to the Vikings because they could potentially say, Hey, well, we made a mistake or we, you know, and I obviously, I don't think that they believe that, but it could work out that way too, because Kubiak's name and just kind of like what this whole thing was going to become in January of this past year um, was certainly being talked about and thrown around too. But I do think that, you know, by, you know, by and large, the, the, the relationship wise, those two mesh better than any other offensive coordinator he's worked with. Mike respects Gary, Mike, loves talking about offense with Gary. And it's also, he likes the fact that Gary can take the offense and he can take his defense and they can, he doesn't have to worry about it. He doesn't have to sit in on meetings and ask somebody to run the ball more because he knows that Gary and him align from a philosophical standpoint with football in ways that he just hasn't been able to see eye to eye with other people. So, I mean, it might've taken longer than most people would have liked, but he, he found like a perfect marriage for how a football team works. And I I mean this with no jokes, that everyone loves Gary Kubiak, that Gary Kubiak seems to have this ability. The whole building. It's amazing that he has this ability to get along with people, and I think that he's helped Mike Zimmer become a better head coach even over the last year. Uh, Last thing for you, I want everybody on this podcast to look into the Mike Zimmer crystal ball, if everyone remembers from 2017 (laughs) when he said he didn't have a crystal ball and then a, a local mind reader or something sent him him one yeah yeah uh so look into the crystal ball tell me the best season that Zimmer has under this extension like what is the peak of this next era of Mike Zimmer football in Minnesota I bet it'll be 11 and 5 next year 11 and 5 and then a repeat to the NFC championship game oh Okay, going, I don't, all, going all the way to the NFC Championship game with Kirk, well, that, huh? That's been, that's been the way that they've wanted to go. That's been, like, the goal. Like, that's been – it hasn't really been Super Bowl or bust. I know that we think the money of Kirk Cousins – it's always been, let's get back to the NFC Championship. Let's see if we can do this. Let's run it back. Running it back wasn't getting the Super Bowl. You didn't get to the Super Bowl in 17. So – and I also say it to say that I just – I will be a lot more willing to buy into that narrative – once I see how this season can pan out with these circumstances, Zimmer's worked through a lot of bad stuff before. And it's like, is a pandemic really going to, Mike, <laughs> Mike Zimmer's not too tough to handle a p- pandemic. He's had eight eye surgeries and, <laughs> you know, lost his offensive coordinator in the middle of November of 2016 and lost his quarterback. I mean, all that type of stuff. Um, I don't know if this is a Super Bowl team. And I hate when we get asked that question, but it's like they're capable 
Will it happen during this length of Mike Zimmer's contract? Certainly ownership feels that way. Otherwise they would not have given the length that they did. And, um, you know, if they can, if they can get by this year and if they can win this year, that gives you hope that 2021 is actually going to be a season where they can truly meet expectations. Courtney, um, usually we talk for like a half an hour more, so it feels weird to cut it off here, but we'll get together again very, very soon. A lot is about to happen with the Minnesota Vikings in the NFL, so I appreciate you jumping on. No problem. Thanks for having me. Before we get back to the conversation, I want to remind you to go to SodaStick.com to get your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. Baseball is back, and SodaStick just launched its latest partnership with Hormel Foods and the Tommy Watkins Foundation to pay homage to the Hormel Row of Fame. It debuted in the Metrodome in 1992, and though it's been long retired, you have an opportunity to check out the latest t-shirt called the Wiener Winner. Great for lunch, great for dinner. You remember how the song goes. For every t-shirt sold, Hormel Foods will donate $10 up to $10,000 to Tommy Watkins Foundation's backpack program supporting Twin Cities youth. We're going to hook you up also with free shipping for your Wiener Winner shirts. Use promo code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. That's SodaStick.com, S-O-T-A, S-T-I-C-K.com, original Minnesota sports-inspired goods, code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. All right, now we welcome in from the Associated Press, Dave Campbell. What is up, Dave? Not too much. Just uh, another late July day and more more Vikings news. It's sort of like you can set your clock by it. Corn, uh, knee-high, you talk about corn, like out in the uh, farm country. Growing knee high by the Fourth of July. Well, you know, you know, a few weeks later, we'll have some Vikings news. So <laughs> that's definitely one way to look at it. You're right. Before uh, training camp begins, every single year there is something. It's a contract extension, or you know, unfortunately, Tony Sperano. We're coming up to the yeah. time where uh, every year, as we get to this time, I'm going to have that hit me of uh, what yes. happened two years ago with Tony Sperano. Uh, and so Mike Zimmer, he gets his contract extension. That's our big news. I guess we'll see on what happens with Dalvin Cook, if he's going to have some news as well. But give me your overarching reaction to a contract extension, which I have been told takes him through 2023. 2023, yeah. Yeah, um, I would say mild surprise, but um, – that's only because we've been zooming in so much, um, like well, like we always do these days. That you know, sort of everything in this 24-hour you know news cycle and the, the way even society like just digests news and thinks about what's next. And you know, it seems like well, he doesn't have a a new contract yet. They're gonna you know let him go into this final year without a deal. But if we zoom out, um, there's there's never there's obviously those rumblings started to started to come up a little bit last year as they, you know, struggled and sort of wasn't, wasn't obvious if they were going to um, play up to expectations. And then there's the whole possibility of the, the, the trade to, um, to Dallas, which, you know, um, you could read into any number of ways, but if you zoom out, uh, there's the, the Wilfs very patient, um, owners and there's there's really hardly ever been any um whiff of like um dissatisfaction in in Zimmer um I think they they extremely value the stability 
um, keeping, you know, key leaders in, in spots for, for many years. And that includes Rick Spielman too. Um, other, other more behind the scenes guys like Rob Brzezinski and things being other good examples. But um, yeah, I guess, you know, mild surprise only because when you started to see the months go on here this year with, with no action, you start to wonder, well, maybe they've, decided um, in this kind of crazy 2020 season with the pandemic that there's no reason to, to overcommit, you know, so to speak, and they can, you know, let him prove his worth uh, in, a, in a critical kind of crossroads season. But then again, um, the pandemic just prevented a lot of these types of discussions from happening in the last several months. So um, we kind of, you know, take a step back again and, and you know, do sort of look at the basic um, stats of, of, of his one loss record and, and sort of, I think more importantly, the kind of stability that um, the roster has had under him, uh, offensive coordinators being the one glaring exception to that. But um, I think, I think he's, there's still a lot of reason to think that he fits with what the organization uh, wants. And, um, you know, obviously we can pick out some of the, uh, some of the flaws are some of the questions about how high they can, this team can go under him. But um, it, like anything in the NFL, there's also this, be careful what you wish for, because if you decide you could do better, it could really blow up in your face. And I don't think um, this organization, you know, wants that. I think they really do value being one of the most competitive teams in the league um, over a sort of a consistent arc. And obviously they haven't uh, taken those final couple steps yet, but um there is a, there's a value in kind of maintaining that. Uh, don't call it status quo, but you know, kind of a stability and, and um, kind of baked in competitiveness that they have proven they, that they will have under under Zimmer and, and his staff. And there have been many coaches in the NFL, including the one that just won the Super Bowl, who had their jobs for a long time, got pegged as guys who could only get you so far, and then something breaks right for them, and they do end up in the Super Bowl. Whether that's you get Patrick Mahomes, which is a big benefit, or even just, you know, teams that have reached the Super Bowl um, with a great defense or, or you know, with a great uh, kind of entire roster or even with just some things that break their way, like the Vikings in 2017 were that close with Case Keenum because a lot of things fell their way, including Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. That year was kind of strange. The schedule wasn't exactly the toughest that season, and they had their roster peak and so forth, and you end up there. You get a miracle play in the divisional game, and there you are, one step away from the Super Bowl. That is possible to happen again, uh, I think, with this roster over the next couple of years during his time of uh, getting the extension because of what they've built as a foundation of young players to kind of – do the same thing again. Go back to 2014, he inherits a roster that's not that great. By 2015, they're starting to take those steps. By 2017, they're in the NFC Championship. Uh, what do you see, I guess, as a realistic expectation over the next couple of years? I mean, especially this year with 2020 being as weird as it is. Yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, realistic expectation is – they better make the playoffs every year that he's still on, you know, under this contract, I guess. Right. Otherwise, you know, the, they might start to question, um, especially with um, the the prospect of additional playoff spot. Um, you know, beyond that, as you just alluded to, you know, kind of 
you know, once you get there, you do sometimes need those breaks and the best teams, you know, don't always uh, take those final couple of steps through no, no obvious fault of of the head coach. Um, and, And there's some pieces to building the roster that he will be coaching that, you know, while he of course has a major uh, influence on that and, you know, significant voice and who they're they're building around, um, you know, the quarterback situation is, is sort of not all been under his purveyance. And so, you know, they're almost on this parallel track too with, with cousins. Um, They are, sort of banking on the same kind of not just consistency, but um, an expectation with their investment that they're going to be taking more steps forward, meaning that would obviously mean uh, another trip to the NFC championship game and perhaps a Super Bowl. So, yeah, I, I would say the baseline expectation would be continue to win at the same regular season clip. And, um, you know, also I think the, Point B to that would be that he his defensive acumen um, is such that he can sort of rebuild, you know, this current group that he'll be moving forward with after losing, you know, basically five starters from from last year and from that core group that built up the first half of his tenure. Um, that that he can sort of make the defense version uh, Vikings Zimmer Vikings defense 2.0. And that you know they can continue to um, you know be one of the, one of the top units in the league that they can you know the team success can really um, really ride on. I want you to before I let you go, Dave, look into your crystal ball, Zimmer's crystal ball, uh, and tell me how this plays out. I mean that's the expectation. I totally agree with you that if you're in the playoffs every year, it's pretty hard as an ownership to say, oh sorry, it was your fault. I mean think about like Sean Payton. Not that I have any sympathy for Sean Payton in this world. But if you're Sean Payton, if you're if you're the ownership of the Saints, do you go like, well, Sean, you really screwed up when they had that miracle play and your safety yeah. decided to jump into the stands rather than tackling Stephon Diggs? Or, hey, Sean Payton, it's your fault that Nikel Roby Coleman clearly interfered with your guy at the goal line and they didn't call it. Or even last year that Kyle Rudolph may have pushed off a little. Uh, you know, all those things. Like, are you going to yeah. say that's, – that's the playoffs for you. That's kind of how it ends up working. And Andy Reid certainly went through that a number of times himself where you were right there. Um, so that's the expectation. Does it play out that way, though, Dave, over these next couple of years in your crystal ball? I guess I guess I would lean toward yes uh, because I, I think um, they have not, – not only with Zimmer but with Cousins, they, they at least – I think they, they have um, a – enough of a foundation and a building block that, you know, can, um, can get you to that sort of that certain point um, of competitiveness of, you know, let's just call it like that sort of nine and seven point. And, and there, there's enough, you know, stability or, or smart coaches enough, like, you know, elite talent at certain positions that, they're they're not they're gonna be able to avoid the the disastrous like six and ten season like uh, the 2010 Vikings had for example or even the 2016 
Vikings to be more recent under Zimmer, like when they went eight and eight um, after after the strong start. Um, you know, that said, something tells me that they're just whether it's um, Zimmer's you know fatal flaws with you know call it stubbornness or or you know this the his um, his personality or or what have you or whether it's you know cousins and some of his limitations against um, strong pass rushes and um, even let's we can now look at the at the secondary with uh, how thin they look at cornerback and how much um, progress they'll have to make there. It almost it seems like there still may be missing those key pieces that may prevent them from taking those those next couple of steps. Um, it's it's almost like it just matches Vikings history. Um, like they they've been remarkably competitive and you know in the top third of the league, let's say for a huge majority of their time in Minnesota. But obviously, as anyone who follows them knows, they have still no still not got those that Super Bowl ring, and and have it had a few um, sort of colossal collapses when they got close. Um, so I, I guess that's I guess that's kind of where it's, if you feel like it's going. And and I guess I would you almost take a, a one more step back and, and say like is that so bad? I guess you'd get Vikings fans and be like, oh, we're never going to win the big one, and you know, plenty of criticism from the punditry about, oh, you know, they they painted themselves in a the corner with Zimmer or with Cousins, and they're they're not thinking um, creatively enough or innovatively enough or not boldly enough to to maybe take a step back and then find their their Mahomes or find their or Kyle Shanahan or whatever. However, you know, gosh, when you just like you alluded to a few minutes ago, like how so much of winning the big one, it still is a couple of breaks here and there that are out of really anyone's control, good or bad. You know, I think there is something to be said for being able to put together a product that can still be in that mix um, more consistently than others and, and just sort of hope that um, at some point the, the lottery ticket will come up. Yeah, with yeah. Zimmer, you know that you're going to have a dice rolls chance of going deep in the playoffs. If right. you hire someone else, now there is a chance that that person is your John Gruden and Zimmer is your Tony Dungy, but there's also a chance that that person is really bad at their job. And then and yeah. the, yeah. the example that I think of uh, right off the top is just them hiring John Filippo, and we were convinced that right. he was going to be the next – great head coach in the league and the offensive genius and all those things. And then it just, that that wasn't the case and it wasn't a fit at all. And if you decide that you're going to move on from Zimmer, you better be really darn sure that you got your John Gruden. Cause otherwise um, you are putting yourself at risk of setting your organization way back as opposed to being right there and continuing to try kind of different combinations of things, different, uh, you know, weapons around the quarterback, different, uh, I don't know, bringing Don Ka- Dom Capers in and things like that. Um, so those are the two ways to go about it. They're going to choose stability, and it does, in my mind, make a lot of sense. And I always think if you're walking away from a coach who guarantees you to be a top-10 defense, you better be really, really sure that you got somebody who's going to give you something special. So uh, Dave Campbell of the Associated Press, always great to catch up with you, Dave. I hope we can do it again soon, man. It's a pleasure. Anytime. 
Hey, before we get back to the conversation, I want to remind you that sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. There's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your favorite team to come back. Bet Online has future odds on win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out our daily simulations of Madden NBA 2K to watch and wait. On. Visit betonline.ag. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, and now we welcome in to continue the reaction to Mike Zimmer's contract extension from Zone Coverage, Sam Ekstrom. What's up, Sam? So am I the, the second reporter in the series, the third reporter on your show? Like, what, what order is this going in? You are the closer, actually. You're the uh, uh, the Joe Nathan of this podcast. So, man, I didn't yeah. have my coffee this morning, and I, I don't know if I can be a closer, but we'll uh, we'll try. We'll do my best. Well, it's not a playoff situation, so it should be fine. Unlike Joe Nathan, who is always <laughs> I'm not going to serve one up to a Rod in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, he was always tremendous in the regular season. His his numbers in the regular season match up with Mariano Rivera's. Playoffs is where it gets a little different. But anyway, so why don't you give me your sort of big picture first reaction? You see it on Twitter. Zimmer is signing a multi-year deal, which I'm told is three years. So uh, what did you think? I wasn't totally surprised by it. Um, I never really thought this was in jeopardy of not getting done especially after the statement that ownership crafted before the playoff game last year. And then the fact that he won that playoff game only reinforced that I think this was going to get done. I don't think this was the year to sort of have the ultimatum on Zimmer, like you're, you're on the hot seat just because of not only all that's happening in the world, but everything that happened with the roster. Like this is clearly kind of a pivot year. So I don't think this is a great season to judge him on. Um, I, I feel like he's done a pretty solid job, all things considered, through six seasons that that this he deserved this. Um, I look at what he did defensively for five years to basically have a 100% intact staff and basically a 100% intact defensive unit. That's pretty impressive. What he built, he he built things that were sustainable on this team that aren't typically sustainable in the league, like third down defense. It usually fluctuates more. Um, you know, points allowed was fantastic all five of those years. And really the only year that he's had a non-competitive team, um, meaning below 500, was his first year. And he inherited one of the worst teams in the NFL. They still went 7-9 and nine. in 2016. You know, he's a couple games away from, from the playoffs that year. They started 5-0. and oh, Injuries happened. They collapsed. And then he's one win from the playoffs in 2018. We could be talking about a five-year playoff streak with Zimmer. And I don't think he's totally without flaw. I think there are clock management issues. Um, I think he's improved his bedside manner a little bit and kind of how to handle the locker room. He's, he's less publicly critical of players than he used to be. Um, he still picks his spots, which I appreciate, but all in all, I think it'd be hard to find a better alternative. Uh, if you were trying to go out and find another coach, everyone's trying to go, you know, young offensive minded, but Zimmer continues to put the Vikings in positions to win. So I, I endorse the deal. 
So I agree with you on all of that, but let me just try to retell the story that's a little bit different. Like another way to look at this is you lose in the playoffs in 2015. I know it's not his fault, but you still lost in the playoffs in your first chance of getting there. Then you go 2016, you're 5-0, and and you fall apart and lose eight of your last 11 games. You go to 2017 where you have a tremendous team with all these great talents that have been built up. Zimmer is a great defensive mind, but also lots of first-round picks, lots of very gifted players on that defense that went number one and some good breaks too. You get to the NFC Championship game after blowing a massive lead to the New Orleans Saints, and then you end up getting blown out 38-7. The next year, you're forced to fire your offensive coordinator because you hired the wrong guy. You missed the playoffs on the final day. And then this last season, you get about the easiest schedule anyone could ever get. You win 10, losing twice to Green Bay. And the second one was a really bad loss at home. You win a playoff game. It's great. Zimmer was very good in that game. But then go to San Francisco and same old story. So there's there's kind of a second way to tell this where you could better understand why there was so much pressure and so much conversation about would they trade him to Dallas would they decide to move on would they let him go into the final year of his deal because if you just look at the win-loss record you would certainly say well okay I mean this must be a very good coach and they should continue going with him but there's kind of this other element of it that I think it was reasonable to wonder if they would go forward with it and it appears that the Wilfs have decided the stability is more important and we will keep getting uh, shots at it if we have him as the head coach. Yeah, the frame game is really fun because you can you can spin it both ways. You're absolutely right, and and you know the the offensive coordinator decisions he's made, he'll have to live with the Norv thing. I think from what we've heard, you know that was really kind of doomed from the start, and then not going with Stefanski when he should have gone with Stefanski, and instead choosing DiFilippo. Those are two moves that you know arguably kind of blew up the 2016 and 2018 seasons. But then you have to also give him credit for, you know, bringing in Shermer and having sort of that that coordinator in waiting and then, you know, making the move to elevate Stefanski to give them a chance at the end of 2018. He had two coordinators. They got promoted to head coaching jobs. I mean, that's kind of a a feather in his cap in some way. But, um, you know, you look at – you mentioned continuity. Look at the coaches that are longer tenured than Zimmer. John Harbaugh. Super Bowl winner, Sean Payton, Super Bowl winner, Bill Belichick, Super Bowl winner, Mike Tomlin, Super Bowl winner, Andy Reid, Super Bowl winner, Pete Carroll, Super Bowl winner. So the six coaches that, you know, have have coached longer in their current teams than Mike Zimmer, they've all won Super Bowls. And since those Super Bowl wins, most of those teams have remained competitive. I mean, there is value to continuity. And Zimmer, you know, he's had continuity on the defensive side, but he hasn't had the advantage of continuity as much on the offensive side. Part of that because of offensive coordinator, but part of that because of unpredictable quarterback drama, quarterback injuries like Bridgewater, Bradford. Um, And now he finally gets sort of a a long stretch here with Kirk Cousins. So Zimmer and Cousins now get to be, you know, sort of together for three or more years. Rick Spielman is probably going to remain in the mix. So they have a chance to build something on offense now that they haven't had before and ironically, this is when the defense kind of falls apart and he has to repatch that together. But uh, I, I, think, I think that is a valid excuse to some extent why they haven't been able to, to be completely consistent is the offense has never really been able to put it together for multiple years in a row with the same personnel. 
So I've had everybody else look into their crystal ball and tell me what peak Zimmer is over this next extension. I want you to look into the crystal ball and tell me something else. Who is here longer, Mike Zimmer or Kirk Cousins? It's a great question. I think Cousins probably is guaranteed for the next two years. Um, And then, you know, he doesn't have that no trade clause, but they did set it up where they could kind of restructure him in a couple of years. I think, um, I think Zimmer's got a little more staying power. I, I do. I, I think that if Cousins struggles, you know, because that's not really Zimmer's area of expertise, he's the defensive guy. I don't think Zimmer would necessarily be the, the fall guy in that situation. So I'd give Zimmer an edge to be around longer. I think his contract also goes longer. And I know the contracts can be ripped up pretty easily, especially with head coaches. But uh, I'm going to go with Zimmer on this. Someone in the know speculated, so I'm not saying that this is like rock-solid reporting, but more speculation by someone in the biz is the best I can do, uh, suggested that Zimmer would want a contract that went longer than Kirk Cousins' contract in the case that they plateaued and they go 9-7 and seven two years in a row or 8-8, eight 9-7, and eight, nine and seven, and they have a chance to draft another quarterback. And then Zimmer can say, hey, my defense once again in 2021 was – fourth in the league and I'm continuing to do my job and make us competitive but what we really need is my Patrick Mahomes so we have to go out and trade up and draft my Mahomes and take one more crack at it and that actually does make a lot of sense if you're looking forward and you're kind of confident that you're going to be a competitive team in these next couple years which I am with the Vikings then you would say yeah the one thing that you have with Cousins is somebody who has not shown to be able to elevate a team, and that's where you question what is the ceiling of this Vikings team. So would Zimmer want to say, all right, well, I'm going to go find my, you might even call it his Teddy Bridgewater that he had once upon a time. Last thing for you, Sam, Mm -hmm. is uh, what do you think Zimmer has to change about his coaching over his next contract to make him successful in round two? I, I think he has been... Uh, an adaptive coach overall uh, in some areas. I mean, on defense, for sure. We've seen offenses change a lot in the last couple of years with a lot more motions and a lot more misdirections and things like that. And Zimmer has been on top of it, and they've continued to succeed, even with the defense deteriorating and its roster talent uh, last year, still fifth in points against. What does he have to do overall as a coach to be better next time around? It's an interesting dichotomy because I I feel like Zimmer does have sort of his own ego, but he many times puts it to the side and is willing to bring in other coaches that have different ideas and he's willing to evolve and adapt. and, And you see them running some of these new concepts to keep up with the league. But then there are things that are, are very outdated about Zimmer, like, the, the fourth down decisions, uh, the clock management isn't very good. I don't think he's super into analytics and, in fact, kind of scoffs at it sometimes, even though it does seem to inform some of the team's decisions uh, regarding personnel, and I think he's got a staff around him that does appreciate that. Um, I, I'd like to see him get a little more adaptive to that. I think some the run-pass balance that he pushes for is maybe a little outdated. I think Gary Kubiak is actually a little more pass-happy than people give him credit for. I think we might see more passing this year because Stefanski was kind of bending to Zimmer's will. I don't think Kubiak's going to bend to Zimmer's will a little bit. I'd like to see probably probably a more aggressive offensive approach. Um, I, I like the way Zimmer has handled the media for the most part and sort of the way he's addressed his players in the media of late. 
Um, I think he he knows when to push buttons. He knows whose buttons, you know, are able to be pushed. And I got to give him credit for, you know, keeping that defense together for so many years. Even though the, the cornerbacks went rogue in 2016, clearly he's doing something right to make that an environment that people want to be a part of. Um, the one thing that does concern me is that, you know, all these cornerbacks that he allegedly works so closely with and is so good at developing, none of them seem to really want to stay uh, this past offseason. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, really know how to address that. I know that there was money available for them and the Vikings didn't really have money to give. But, yeah, I mean, just becoming a little more modern of a coach um, and still keeping, I think, that sort of honesty uh, would be good. But, you know, embracing analytics, making sure that that he's staying ahead of the curve on that. I think he made a very wise move as well uh, after George Floyd was killed, telling his team, look, guys, I I don't understand a lot of the things that you go through because of – uh, being an older white man. <laughs> like, I just, yeah. I can't relate to you on a lot of things, but I've got your back and I want to help you with uh, these measures that you guys are going to because it's clear that Vikings players want to be at the forefront of this social justice movement and they have a social justice committee. And before, I think that Zimmer was a bit of the elephant in the room. Like, he didn't want that stuff talked about. He was uh, looking at it as a distraction. And if, he changes his stance on that. I think that that really helps in terms of winning his locker room over. And it was moving to listen to Eric Hendricks talk about that. And like, it meant a lot to them to hear him say, I've got your back when it comes to this stuff. So that, that sort of speaks to what you're talking about of, you know, trying to be Parcells, trying to be this old school, hard nosed coach. It's great, but it is also 2020 and you have to approach things differently than you would have in 1999. So uh, great stuff. Sam Ekstrom zone coverage, follow him on Twitter and zonecoverage.com. And uh, we will catch up again very soon as it looks like Sam, we're going to have some football. Looks like. Hopefully I'm knocking on wood. Hopefully we see you out of the practice field sometime soon. All right, sounds good. And uh, thank you all for listening to this three-beat reporter edition. Well, I guess four, including myself, uh, reporter edition of Purple Insider. We'll catch you next time.